0: Requires high-speed internet. Connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on Direct TV. Terms and restrictions apply.
1: Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host Andrew Schleck. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. Go to theathletic.com/slash/down-to-dunk to get the Athletic for thirty percent off i'm here with alex spears alex what's up
2: hey what's hey. up
1: <laughs> what's up how we are what are we like we are now sponsored eight, 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 by bally sports or, or we're sponsored by bally sports where this could cut off at any time and that's a perk that's a and that's, thing that's what you get that's what you get Thunder that's fans, what that's what want. you get. So you that's so what you want is to not watch things. So, you know, if this podcast or anything just completely cuts off at any point, just just know that we are brought to you by Bally Sports. Uh, so I think we're like eighteen or nineteen days away from the live pod. Oh and uh yeah. game that we are going to have at the Thunder Arena. So the Thunder play the heat, it's a Monday night. November 15th you can still you can still buy tickets to this event and attend it now the live pod before is the guaranteed spots are sold out you can still show up I would get there early if you want to make it it's at the tap house just right across the street from the arena so here's how the night will go if you have a ticket you'll come to the live show we'll do a live podcast probably about 45 minute show uh, with the whole Fry pro- Fry Pod crew plus Al, and then we will go walk across the street together, go to the game, and then we will go on the court after the game to take a, a group photo and to do our half court shot competition. So you got to buy a ticket; it's going to be so fun, especially knowing that this team isn't going to play like they did against Houston for the whole season. It's going to be great. I've been to the. Uh, all the home games so far. and it's honestly been really, really fun. They' they've been a really fun team to watch live. So come check that out with us on November 15th. If you want tickets, go to the Downson dunk Twitter page. It's the pinned tweet for the link. Again, if you need the link and you can't access it on Twitter, email me dtdpodcast at gmail.com and I'll hook you up. So all right out Al, the uh, the thunder. Are winless, one of two winless teams, including the Detroit Pistons, and uh, something to celebrate, right? Uh,
2: no, Andrew. It's I mean, it's it's good that they're positioned where they should be, but if they if if all these four games had been like the Houston game, I would say no, it's not worth celebrating. Yeah, we need to have something other than losing to look forward to. And luckily, these last two games have provided that. They finally started looking and playing like a real NBA team. And it's a Uh bummer that that Houston game even happened because I listened to the low post yesterday. I listened to the mismatch yesterday. It's like every national NBA pod has to take 30 seconds out to make sure that everyone knows how disgusting Oklahoma City is. (laughs) They all are doing it right now. And it's all because of that one stupid game. If that game didn't happen, like if you look at I mean, I still think this team is better than Orlando, and yeah, I I think that Detroit's looked way worse. Like, if you look at Detroit, and it's because Cade's yeah. not in there. But if you look at Detroit, and you're a Detroit fan, like, what are you excited about right now? It's like Sadiq Bay, end of end of story. That's that's it. That's all yeah. you really have exciting right now. You're watching Kelly Olynyk put up like 19 points in a game. You know what's happening? Score.
1: You know what's happening in Detroit is exactly what happened in OKC Summer League. Where the best players out, yeah, things things are feeling hopeless. But but whenever Cade comes back, things are. I mean, things will be so much better for them. They will. Cade play, but at the same
2: time, like
1: OKC has so
2: much more young depth in comparison to Detroit. Like so many guy, more guys to evaluate in comparison to the Pistons. Mm -hmm. And I just like the idea that OKC is like completely unwatchable. It's all based on that one game because they have looked good. And last night they looked like legitimately like, oh, this team's easily going to win like 20, around 20 games. If they play like that, they're winning around 20 games.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's probably, I mean, the, the 19 game prediction that I made. I mean, almost everybody that I've done a podcast with has predicted between 19 and like 23 wins. And that feels about right. Well, it
2: it does, but then you had, you know, Hollinger with 13. And then on the low post yesterday, Zach said he thought they could challenge for nine and 73, which I thought was just like the dumbest thing because all you had to do was watch that Sixers game to see like, oh, okay, this team is going to get it together. Like they're going to beat some, they're probably going to beat some good teams. They're probably more likely to beat some good teams than like the mediocre teams because some of these good teams are going to come in and just play down to them. And and they'll just kind of outwork
1: them, like tonight. Really, like tonight? Yeah, they play the Lakers tonight in OKC. The Lakers A- went AD into could overtime. Eighty could be out. They went LeBron into overtime. I mean, I would be surprised if LeBron played. I mean, LeBron doesn't like playing in Oklahoma City. Period. <laughs> you know that he just doesn't play here very much, and you know I I feel like he could you know really sit this one out. You know, and you talk about predicting that they win nine games, you know, Philly in 15, 16, won 10 games, right? Who, like, who is the best player on that team? Like, I know that's why it's so most, redu- That's ridiculous.
2: And I get it because that, that Houston game, I mean, we think Houston's probably going to win like 25 or less games. So Definitely. for them to lose by 30, I get why everyone freaked out, including myself. Because I was like, this is terrible. If this is what I'm watching all year, this is going to be miserable. Mm-hmm. But everything yeah. since then
1: has just made you feel so much better. Can you name the top three in scoring on that Sixers team? <sighs> Jaleel Okafor. Number one. Seven, Jaleel Okafor was 17-7. <sighs> uh, Noel Nerlands? Earl was fourth with uh, 11 points. Um, McConnell? TJ? TJ McConnell was 11th at six points oh, per man. game.
2: Uh, Covington?
1: <laughs> Covington was three. Yes. Yes. yes! 12.8 yes! points per game. One left. He's a point guard. He's a journeyman. And he's super, Ischmidt. super fast. Ishmith. Smith. Ish Smith right. on that 10 win team, Alex. Let me read you his line in the 50 games he played. 14.7 points, 7 assists, 4.3 boards and 1 steal per game. Unbelievable. Pretty. That's it's like the ultimate someone has to score the points, someone has to get the stats. And you and
2: know. remember that was the season when Hinkie refused to sign a real point guard, went into the season yeah. with Isaiah Cannon and they yeah. basically had to bring on Ish Smith at direction of the league. Because they were so bad. And honestly, after that Houston game, I was getting worried about that. Like, was Presti's, like, neglect of the center position going to lead this team down a road where they couldn't even function like a team? Mm -hmm. But but in the last two games, and we saw it last night with JRE, who I would argue is the best center option available for this team. Like, forget about wins-losses. Just in terms of fit. Because, I mean, we don't care about wins-losses at this point. But you compare him to... Muskala Roby favors. I think he's mm-hmm. the best passer. He's he's the yeah. best like connector. Like he knows where no to doubt. be on the court. He is probably the second best shooter behind Mascala. Mm-hmm. And I think he might be the best defender, or he, or at least second best defender. I mean, if you want to
1: give it to Favors, but I think he's more versatile defensively than Favors. He's faster, like, and like the thing is, like he's certainly stronger than Roby. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, he's great. One one more thing on the Sixers team. There's there were four players that played for the Thunder that were on that Sixers team. Well, Jeremy Grant kind of wild, was probably on there. Wild to me. Yeah, it's Ish Smith, Nerlens Noel, Isaiah Cannon, Jeremy Grant. Man, I don't even remember the Isaiah Cannon
2: Thunder era. When was that?
1: <laughs> it was very short. It was okay. very short. But he was on the Thunder for like maybe it was just training camp. Yeah, he didn't ever play a game for the Thunder. But he was oh, on like okay. their training their training camp roster, I think. Um, still pretty wild. Uh, okay, first off, with Jeremiah Robinson Earl, we have to figure out what we're going to call him.
2: Why? Well, I didn't even know there was more than one option.
1: Well, I think I just feel like J R E is just really hard to say. Why? Easy, easy to type, harder to say. Hmm. Everybody on the team calls him J Rob. J Rob. Which is a lot easier to say,
2: man. I feel like JRE, that player, has a much higher ceiling than a player with the nickname J Rob.
1: What what does that mean?
2: J Rob sounds like some guy you just like meet at the Y and play some some pickup games with.
1: JRE sounds like a real player. I disagree. It's just too hard to say for me. I just I feel like I I if I try to say it fast, I'm just saying Jerry. Jerry. I, I prefer it. So you like J Rob. I like J. Rob. I called him J. Rob to somebody last night during the press conference. So I guess that's just what I go with now. I didn't even mean to say it. In my head, I was like <clears throat> going through the Rolodex like it it felt like like roulette of what I'm gonna say. You know, with for like J R E, yeah, Jeremiah Robinson Earl, Jeremiah, uh J. Rob, and I just landed on just J. Rob just it out of my mouth, you know. Like that's huh. what it was. What about Jerry? So, we've well, I discussed this with on on the Dream Team show with Brandon. Brandon likes Jerry. He's the only one that likes Jerry, and we refuse to let him call him Jerry.
2: What a uh, so, hmm. So does he? He it sounds like he
1: responds to J Rob, like at least from his teammates. He does. Yeah, that's what that's what Mark calls him. That's right. what. Oh, I, I said it to Shay. Is who I said it to. And he knew exactly what I was talking about.
2: Mm. Well, I mean, if that's really awkward, what he wants to if be called, we got to call him that.
1: Yeah. But I do think Jerry looks cool. Yeah. You can do whatever you want. I just have to figure out. I just have to just set the course for myself as for what I'm going to say, what I'm going to call him.
2: But yeah, uh, he, he doesn't he... Don't you feel like he fits the best? I mean, Muscala, I think... And, and honestly, it's it's been Muscala and Jerry... J-Rob, whatever, who have, (laughs) who have changed the course of this team after two games because Muscala in game three and then J-Rob in game four, like they completely changed what this offense looks like with their spacing. Mm -hmm. They made it so much easier for Shea, so much easier for Giddy. We're finally seeing the Shea of last season. We're seeing the best version of Giddy that we could get this early in his career. And I think it's because of those centers And so I hope that Mm -hmm. that is the plan moving forward. I mean, like, Roby got two minutes last night, didn't play in the Sixers game, and I'm fine with it.
1: I'm great with it because there are better options. And it felt a little bit like during that Houston game, it was like, okay, we're bad enough, we can play Muscala, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's okay, you can unlock that. You can unlock that because we're not good enough. Like, we're we're totally bad enough for Mike Muscala to play and not win games. That has honestly been probably
2: my biggest takeaway from the early season, which was not the takeaway last year. Remember, the takeaway last yeah. year was like, oh wow, we actually need to do things in order to get a worse enough oh bad enough record. Yeah. Whereas now I feel like you could play the best players on this team, the absolute best. You could keep it to a tight eight-man rotation, throwing Ty Jerome in there, and mm-hmm. I still feel like 30 would be like the absolute ceiling of this team in terms of wins and they're already not playing Ty Jerome they're already playing favor sparingly so like I am not worried about wins losses at all yeah like you you will not see me post a a tank gif because I don't even think you have to worry about it I think I think the more in fact the reason why I've been I was a little upset earlier in the season about getting back into the swing of things with like pro tanking Mm -hmm. is because I feel like we're some Thunder fans are falling into the same trap that we did last year, where like we're already doing photoshops of Cade. Now we're already doing photoshops of Chet and Palo. Like, what did we did we not learn last year, Andrew, that losing you could lose all 82 games and there's mm-hmm. a 50% chance that you're gonna end up at the number five pick? Like that's mm-hmm. all we talked about last year. We mm-hmm. saw our own team fall to pick mm-hmm. six last year. Like I, I, that's why this season cannot just be about losses for me and why the, the development that we've seen in the last two games, I think is so important. There has to be something more to this team than just losses.
1: Yeah. And there, and that's certainly, that's where they kind of differ from this, that Sixers process is that there is definite intentionality behind development for these guys. It's not just let's throw whatever at the wall and if it sticks, great. If it doesn't, who cares? Like we're only about the draft picks. Only, right? Uh, that's certainly not the case. And I I really liked the starting lineup last night, which was Shea, Giddy, Dort, Baisley, and uh, J Rob. Yeah, I, th- I keep that going forward. Yeah, I think th- I think that really works. I think they're gonna work favors in here and there. I think they're gonna play different centers moving forward. I think that's just Gonna be the way it is. Like I wouldn't be surprised if Favors got the start tonight. And I don't, honestly, I don't that would that. make sense. Like play him against DeAndre Jordan, whatever. Like, yeah, I just want to like if they're going to, if they want to have J Rob as like one of their bigs moving forward. Period. Like, let's just get him reps against everybody. It's kind of how I feel. You know, like yeah. what are the what are the reps with Favors gonna do for anybody? Because I like favors just clogs up the lane. Like, I feel like every bad start that they've had, you know, and the bad starts that Shea has had has been when favors is clogging up the lane, you know, because he's not like a vertical spacer. He's not, I don't feel like he's that helpful to them on offense.
2: And that's the huge difference from last season because like Horford made the offense significantly better. Yeah. Even Moses Brown with his rim protection helped the team. Be better like when Shea was healthy mm-hmm. with favors like I have no I have no worries in terms of <laughs>
1: making this team too good he is not too good to tank no he's not he is adequate to tank what perfectly is. acceptable to tank <laughs> yeah I last night was so fun though the environment in the arena was so much fun you know once they really got going there, like the arena was really loud, and it wasn't f- like full, like all the way full. I hope that tonight's all the way full, like with Westbrook returning Whoa. and everything.
2: It probably will be. I switched over to the Spurs game last night, and I was like, "Wow, the Spurs are really packing them in for like Game Three or whatever." And then you realize it's like half Lakers fans when they start oh. cheering.
1: Dude, even last night, tons of Warriors fans.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, I heard them. Like especially when like calls would go against the Warriors, you'd hear like a "Oh," would
1: be like, "What?" Oh yeah. Yeah, a lot of Warriors fans at when they did like the starting lineup. They I mean, the cheers for Steph were in were pretty crazy. And like Steph warming up before the game. Yeah, people were cheering when he made shots in warm ups. Yeah. <laughs> I have a video. I'll have to send it to you because uh, it was just it's just funny. Like People love Steph. They, they really do. And, you know, that's. There were a lot of Steph jerseys in the crowd last night, but that's just kind of how rebuilds are. That's how it was the first year that the Thunder were here. Like especially when like the Lakers or anybody big came, it was it was like all jerseys for those other guys. I did however see some Josh Giddy jerseys in the in the house last night. And when the Thunder got it going, it was it was way louder than it was like for the Warriors when the Warriors had it going. So like, yeah. it wasn't like it was maybe like 70-30.
2: Now tonight, legit, might be 50-50 because it's not only the Lakers, but also Russ.
1: Yeah, yeah, it could. It very well could be. And, I mean, as long as you're packing the house, like, who really cares? You know? What, oh yeah, what I, I is, don't. Actually what care. is what? It's, and especially with Russ, like, all right, yeah. you know, paying homage to him. Um, but yeah, the the game overall was was really great. Shea finally got it going. Like that was his first. You know, really efficient. It looked like Shea was back game. He had 30 points on 19 shots. He was four or five from three. Uh, I thought he was great. The only thing is that he, I would have liked to see him get to the free throw line a little bit more. He only shot five free throws, but still not bad. And then Josh Giddy had he had a, a rough shooting night. He was seven points on 10 shots, but had nine boards, four assists, a steal. I still thought he was helpful and productive. For them and play 27 minutes. Like, that's great. Like, play him that or more. You know, I thought the minutes distribution overall was way better last night than it had been. Cause, like, you get Poku off the bench with 18 minutes, who played good minutes. I mean, he took seven shots in those 18 minutes. He had nine points, four boards, an assist, uh, a steal. That's great. That was great. I thought it was, I thought it was really, some really productive minutes for him. And, you know, I would eventually like to see him start over Darius Baisley just to see what it looks like. Um, Cause I, I mean, Baisley, when he shoots the three ball, it doesn't feel like there's any confidence around the entire building that it's going to go in. You know, even coming from him, like when the ball leaves his fingertips, it doesn't—it doesn't feel like there's a lot of confidence that that that, that ball is going in. Oh, Al's gone, um, and I think that's—I think that that's—it's—it's it's been a problem. And if he's not able to hit threes, I think that you know you might as well just try Poku because Poku can be a connective tissue type of player. Two more than Baisley, although Baisley had a nice pass, a nice little pocket pass to JRE for the first uh, points of the game, which was nice. But you just don't... its That's more flashes than anything. Uh, Miguel De Devella mentions the Poku step back, which was great. Uh, James Anderson says that uh, 27 minutes for Giddy is not enough. I don't disagree with that. I don't disagree that it's not enough, but compared to like... I mean... Was it in, in Houston that he played twenty minutes? Like that was, I mean, that was just not great. Um, uh, James, you also mentioned that Duarte plays playing thirty nine minutes per game. That Giddy shouldn't be eighth in minutes among rookies. Yeah, I get it, and I at some point I'd have to trust that Mark knows what he's doing with like the conditioning of these guys. I mean, this is a long season. If you want to get this nineteen year old through the whole season, I mean, Duarte is 23, 24. Like He's probably in better physical condition to get through the season. And, and also, like the Pacers are straight up trying to win games, and Duarte's been their best wing, like flat out been their best wing. Um, and the Thunder are still working on development for a lot of these guys. Uh, the, the only thing that I'm just beginning to just wonder about is uh, just Teo Maladon, Maladon and how he has been playing. Um, I just don't really love what he's brought to the table so far this season. Uh, he's had some nice moments. He hit he only hit one of five shots last night. He was one of five from three. those were the only shots that he took, which I like, like I, I like that he is only taking threes. Um, but I, I don't I just don't know that Teo is the answer there. And I just wonder if at some point, just like I said with Baisley and Poku, I just wonder if there's just a moment where the Trey Man flips into that spot. Because Trey has a definable skill. And the definable skill is his shot making. And to me, I would like to see Trey Man over Maladone. And this is something that we discussed on Monday. We'll probably be discussing it for weeks to come, but... Al, you have feelings about about Teo and his role on this team? Uh, I, yeah, I definitely saw the tweets. I don't know. I I've
2: gotten to the point where I think I finally believe what Dagnault's been telling us this entire time, which is that they're literally going to try every possible combination that they can, definitely, and that there and that there will yeah. be no set rotation throughout. Probably mm-hmm. a significant part of this early season, maybe even into the end season. So because they, they said sure. that last year too. They were like, This is a year of discovery or whatever. But then, you know, a few yeah. games in, like, we had a rotation that we could we kind had of discover.
1: We had discovered everything. <laughs>
2: Five yeah, they discovered in. it yeah. pretty quick. It really seems like there are going to be games where Trey Man might play 30 minutes and there are going to be games where he plays nine minutes. And yeah it's it's weird from the outside but if they really are trying to give all of these guys an opportunity that's probably just going to be how it is so yeah I didn't love it I would like to see more Trey Mann over someone like Teo but they clearly still want to see what they have in Teo and I don't know how you do it otherwise unless you want to send them down to the G League which they maybe will with one or both of those guys
1: yeah I think, they, I think they'll use the G League a lot, and they have the benefit of, ha- of having the G League affiliate playing in the exact same building. Uh, right. There's, there's going to be lots of 11 o'clock uh, tips for the Blue this year. And I need to research this. I don't know if this is true. I was asking somebody last night. We didn't, I would we would have guessed that it would have happened, but we don't know if it happened. If, if a guy has played in both a G league and an NBA game in the same day Ooh. before, uh, which could very well happen with this thunder roster yeah. and train and train man to me is like the candidate for that.
2: Yeah. I I think that would make sense. And yeah, I guess I, I just believe Dignal at this point, like they are going to do, they're going to try every possible combination we can think of, and it's probably going to be frustrating because we want to see all the rookies because we we feel like we've seen plenty of Teo at this point, <laughs> right? But, we've seen
1: enough. We've <laughs> had enough. <yeah. laughs>
2: like I get it. You know, it's not that we yeah. we we don't think that you know he has a chance or whatever. It's just like I get it. I've seen it. Let's let's see what Trey mm-hmm. Man does. But it's it's not going to be like that. I mean, it's it's going to like the centers are going to rotate. I mean, yeah. maybe we'll have like a nine man rotation by like February, maybe after the trade deadline that we feel. Well, but I, I, I don't, don't even know. know about
1: that. I don't, I just don't think so because I do think that they want to see what Aaron Wiggins looks like against pros. Yeah. You know? And I do think they want to see what Vit Crutchy looks like against pros. They sent Vit, Vit back to the G league again. It's funny. Cause he, they sent him down and he just practiced. He's just been getting practice time with the blue. Yeah, I was going to uh,
2: say, are they even playing games yet?
1: No, they're not playing games. They're sending them down there to practice. My hmm. guess is that they'll recall that again. Yeah, beat again tonight. So just he he's going to have that like G League log sheet like like so long by the end of the season where it's like, <laughs> sent back and forth. Uh, but I'd like to see him. You know, I'd like to see what those guys do. I think there will be a time where we'll see Ty Jerome again you know, in the rotation. I think you're right. And I just want to see Trey man for an extended run. Like I want to see him get the 23 minutes and 55 seconds that, that Tayo got. Yeah. Just to see what it looks like, because there was a, a shot. I can't remember who it was on against the, oh, no, it was against Bielitsa, uh, where he created so much space and not like Bielitsa like it's not like he's like Draymond Green or somebody. Um, but still, the space that he created on his step back, like mid-range step back, was really impressive. And something that really the only other guy on the team that can do that is Shea. And so I, it's just like, okay, like, wow. Like, that was impressive. Like, that one play was more impressive than anything Teo did last night, period. So it's just... You just want to see more of that. And I think we will see more of it. I mean, we were, I did a podcast yesterday about Poku where it was like, do you think he's ever going to play this amount of minutes? And it felt like, no, but then he did, you know? So, and I I just think this is all kind of part of the plan. I think they have their core guys. And I think the core guys are Shea, Dort and Giddy. And I think those guys are going to get the minutes. And then you have this group of guys. I think you can throw Basley into it. I think you throw J. Rob into it. Teo, Poku, Trey, Man. Like those are these all these young guys that you just don't really know what they are yet, and what they're going to be, and if they're going to be um, a part of the the big picture. And I think they're trying to figure that out. And I think you're going to see their minutes fluctuate. I mean, you saw. Bazley and Poku basically get the same amount of minutes last night which I which I think is about right because I mean in 3 years who would you bet on is going to ha- have a better 3 years in the league Poku or Bazley if we if you could fast forward and say oh man it's definitely this guy like who would you bet on
2: if <laughs> I would just Please don't make me bet. I would beg. You would have beg to
1: a hundred dollars, gun to your head.
2: I mean, I I'd, I'd probably say honestly, I'd probably say Baisley. I mean, okay. Poku, he still feels like such more of an idea than a basketball player. Baisley is better than Baisley last night. See, I actually thought Baisley was good last night. I saw people in the chat saying that they thought he was bad, but. Like, he played way more within himself last night than he has in the early season. He's still terrible shooting. Like, he, he missed another yeah. three. I think he's one yeah. for 16 or something like that yeah. for one, the season. Yeah, 16. Yeah. That's yeah. Right. But he seemed to be playing like a much more uh, ball movement style of play compared to how he was playing the first two games. I thought he did the first five minutes
1: he had that really nice wraparound pass to J Rob. He did. I, I was just saying like the first five minutes were good. Then there were just like, he, he just showed the flashes early is, was what it felt like. Yeah. With him. And then it became, and I, and I think, I mean, Mark really tried to win that game last night. He really did. He put in a lineup at the end of the game that like shows that he wanted to try to win. And it was, Shea Dort, Giddy, Kenrich, and Muscala. Yeah. Like that's a we're trying to win the game lineup. Right, and I don't think anybody was sitting there thinking like, man, they should really put Darius Basley out there. You know what I mean? Yeah,
2: but I, we're just coming from such like different baselines with these two players. Like I feel like poke. I mean, you look at their stat lines; they were almost identical last night. They both shot yeah. 3 for 7. You know, like they both had four or five rebounds and assist a steal, like Bays had a block. Like they're they're putting up similar numbers. Poku's still getting blown by on almost every defensive play. Like he's not a good basketball player right now. He has flashes in the same way that Bays has flashes. So like I I don't see a huge disparity between those two players.
1: Yeah. Like a huge difference. I I just think it's When we talk about ceilings, though, with these guys, like, wouldn't you say that Poku has a much higher ceiling?
2: I mean, he probably does, but dude, it's like so theoretical. It it, like, it's theoretical with Baisley too. It is, but I've actually seen Baisley be like a helpful contributor to a good NBA team, and so I have that as an anchor point. Whereas with Poku,
1: I have nothing as an anchor point. I know, but it was. But the problem with the Baisley thing is it was based solely on the fact that he was hitting threes. But it wasn't
2: like he he was a good defensive player at one point. Where did that go? I don't know. I was actually thinking <laughs> about this. You know how we talked about uh, height watch. Yeah. I I don't with is there anyone on the Thunder who would benefit more from growing two inches than Darius Baisley? Because I think if he was just taller and weighed like twenty pounds more. And you could legitimately yeah. play him at center; it would change yeah. everything for him,
1: without a doubt. Because then I wouldn't yeah. care
2: as much about the shooting, and and his athleticism would just be like such a huge positive at the center yeah. position.
1: He the the bigger problem to me than height is strength for him.
2: Well, yeah, he's got he's got to
1: layer up with fat. He's he's but just not muscle. he's not. <laughs> He's just got to get fatter. He's just got to get fat. <laughs> <laughs> he he's just not strong enough to hang with even like big fours at this point. And he's still well, very yeah. he's still very young too. I yeah, think we forget how young Darius is. He's twenty one. He is, right? He just turned twenty one. Yeah, and he and and J Rob are basically the same age. They're just like a couple months apart. So
2: yeah, you see it when he matches up with someone like Tobias Harris, who literally looks twice the size of Darius twice
1: the size. And like Tobias is a big guy, but he's not one of the guys where like, who are the biggest power forwards in the league? Like no one's going like, Oh, Tobias Harris, you know, like nobody's doing that. Right. Um, But that's where J Rob's got an edge on him. It's like J Rob's big. Like J Rob's got, according to basketball reference has 22 pounds on, on Darius. Yeah. You know, and J Rob will get bigger and stronger because guys that are 21 and stay in the league get bigger and stronger. Like that's just how it goes.
2: Yeah, I, I'm just trying to separate my my love of Poku aesthetically from yeah. what I actually think he's going to be because he's obviously a blast to watch, mm-hmm. and and I already know that I have this bias against Baisley because there mm-hmm. there's so many things about his game that I don't like. But it, are they really that different to me? Like I, I feel like I'm being way more favorable to Poku every single time, in the same way that I'm being like biased against Baisley. And I, yeah. I think it's just because Poku's like interesting. He's just kind he's of goofy. very
1: interesting. He's yeah. very interesting. He's got he's got some good defensive instincts though, and he's got he's got a lot to work on, obviously. But there's just a. He's he's just he's just more fun, period. I and mean, he's the, a better pa- and he's a better passer than than Baze is.
2: He is, uh, though. I mean, I, again, I do think Bayes shows those flashing, uh, the passing flashes every once in a while, like he did last night. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. that makes you feel a little bit better. But yeah, I, yeah. I mean, listen, Poku ha- feels like he has a longer runway with this team.
1: No, no question. I mean, we've
2: talked about it. Bays, you know, they picked up his qualifying offer, but like beyond that, you know, what are they going to do with him? That you know, it feels like they have to make a decision on him very soon. Whereas Poku, even if he He went to like went to a second contract, it doesn't feel like you'd have to pay him that much.
1: You wouldn't have to pay Baysley very much either. You wouldn't. Yeah, I guess. What would you pay? What would you pay him? Like three years. Sixteen million.
2: Oh, okay. I mean, I, it honestly doesn't matter. <laughs> 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 they could pay him like two years, forty million. I don't think it would make a dent in the team.
1: That's setting expectations. Like, no, way no. I know. Whack, I'm just though. saying. Like,
2: <laughs> asking about contracts for this team that has like nothing committed going forward, other than shit. Yeah,
1: yeah. Especially if it's like a a short deal like that, a two year deal. Yeah, but. That would be wild if they offered something yeah. like that. <laughs> but,
2: and, and also, looking at the prospects for the 2022 draft class, it's yeah. much more likely that one of those guys would be directly competing with Bays as opposed to directly competing with Poku based on what we know about those guys right now.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think that's right. I think that's right. All right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk more Thunder Basketball... Al the Thunder got the Lakers tonight, the two and two Los Angeles Lakers, who just barely squeaked out a win against the San Antonio Spurs last night in overtime, uh, got a good Russ game last night. He he looked he looked more like Russ than he has in the other three games. So that was positive. You know, he's 15 to 27, 33 points, 10 boards, eight assists, three steals, only three turnovers. Like that's that's about right for us. Um, and the great thing that, for the
2: the great thing for the Lakers is all they have to do to get that performance going forward just bench LeBron.
1: It's easy. It's easy. Then, just bench LeBron. And it'll all work <laughs> Make out. Make your choice. Make your choice, Lakers. Uh, what are the odds that tonight's the first win that the Thunder get? I'm putting it at 50-50. 50-50. I know. <laughs> it feels like that. It feels like tonight could be the night. I mean, I don't want to go happens. like
2: too high because like, obviously the Thunder are, aren't good, but yeah. especially if AD is out, because AD will destroy us, even though he had that like <laughs> horrific injury that wasn't an injury yeah. last night. But if right. he sits out and it's just the Westbrook show, I mean, Westbrook could put up like 45 points, and I don't really think it would matter. Like, I still think the Thunder could beat this Lakers team because Mm -hmm. they're super old. They're playing on the second night of a back-to-back. I mean, we're talking about guys who are going to be on this back-to-back Rondo, Dwight Howard, Carmelo Anthony, like DeAndre Jordan, old dudes on a second night of a back-to-back against a team Mm -hmm. that they have probably do not care about one iota other than Russ. And meanwhile, the Thunder are a bunch of young guys and they can do you know, they can play forever. So I could totally see them just like running them to death. Tonight,
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I could, I could see them pulling it out tonight. Uh, a lot of Austin Reeves last night. Does that <laughs> excite you? Uh, I mean, it's, I don't know if that's good or bad that
2: your like thirty minutes, thirty undra- minutes undrafted rookie is already getting thirty minutes this early. It's great for Austin Reeves, boomer, but uh, boomer.
1: <laughs> boomer, boomer, boomer. Uh, Austin Reeves played more than Josh Giddy last night. More minutes. Or
2: oh minutes, my so gosh. Fire so. Dagnall.
1: <laughs> Fire Dagnall. Fire Dagnall. <laughs> yeah. Um. So if they don't get the win tonight mm-hmm. against the Lakers at home, which it does to me, it just feels like just destiny for them to win tonight in OKC. And I think it would be it would uh, it, it would be nice for the the national pod guys just to, to see them beat the Lakers like oh they beat the I mean, Lakers like what you know that that's the thing like
2: even I I know that I mean it's clear by what they're doing that OKC wants to get a good pick in the draft this year it's we obvious. can all see that and I and I, and honestly I would argue if all the things that they've done. You know, people talk about them sitting Al Horford. They mistakenly talk about them resting Shea, even though we know that was a real injury. I would say that Dagnalt's rotations are actually the clearest sign ever that they're yeah. tanking. The fact that we don't have a actual rotation like four games into the season, we're just kind of like subbing guys in and out. Like that is the more obvious thing to me that we're not actively trying to win every single game. Yeah. That All that said this organization does not want to lose every game by 30 points like they did to the Houston Rockets. Like you do not want to get noticed for that. Like Detroit, as you mentioned, also winless. No one's talking about Detroit. No one. And why? Because they're not embarrassing. They're, they're Mm just fine. They're just normal, bad. Yeah. You don't want, you don't want to bring attention to yourself for everyone says like, who cares? Who cares? Like, Go look at what happened to the Sixers. Like the league Mm -hmm. intervened because it got Mm -hmm. so bad. Like there is a limit to this. Mm -hmm. And that's why that 30 point loss to the Rockets bothered me so much because you don't need to be that bad and you don't really want to be that bad. Because if you start losing every game by 30 points, this becomes a national news story that's on like every NBA podcast. If you're that bad, if you're chasing that nine win record, that's not good for the franchise like no one on the thunder yeah. wants that so we should not be yeah. celebrating that in that way yes we we want to get a good draft pick but you do not want to get it that way because that introduces all of these external factors that like like the league could theoretically do something because we saw them do something before
1: mhm yeah well i mean the good news is that they're they're not that bad they're know? not that bad thank god it I would mean, have been brutal just... <laughs> They just flat out aren't that bad. I don't think a a team with a you know fourth year player like Shea has ever been this bad. You know, I, I think st- they're just they're normal bad, like they're twenty 20 around twenty wins bad.
2: Yeah, and I still think like I think the Magic. I still believe the Magic will lose more games than them. Like I, yeah. I think OKC's better than them. Detroit will. I just have to wait and see what uh, what Cade looks like.
1: Yeah. I think Detroit's um, got a better roster to win today. I think they have guys that more more guys that are fit to win today than OKC yeah, does.
2: They probably do. Beyond that, like who who beyond those three is like the next worst team? Oh oh Oh, Houston. We we forgot to mention yeah, Houston's Houston. gonna be terrible.
1: Yeah, Houston is the is the fourth. But then after yeah. that that's and that's the thing. After that, like San Antonio's not that bad. Like we saw how they looked against the Lakers and they've got, they've got some vets, you know, they've got a the thing that, that, that the Spurs have that these other teams don't have is like a competent center, right? That's going to defend. Well, he's going to set good screens. He's going to help. Like that is so helpful for just being not the bottom of the barrel. So I think is like, if Jakob stays healthy, I think that that's, they're not going to be the worst team. And then after that, like you look at the Northwest Division, the Thunder are the only bad team in that division. Utah, I think the Timberwolves are going to be okay. I don't know if they're going to make the playoffs, but they're going to win thirty games. Uh, Nuggets, Trailblazers, and then you look at the Pacific Division. Like nobody's trying to be bad there. Kings, Suns, Clippers, Lakers, Warriors. Okay, great. The Kings may not be the best team, but they're not going to be one of the worst. Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe the, the Pelicans. I, if they can't yeah, get things Zion together, Murray comes back could be one of those teams. But yeah, but I mean, that's, doesn't that's it feel it. though
2: that like we saw what OKC had to do last year to get where they were in the final standings? It does yeah. not feel like they're going to need to do anything close to that this year. Yeah, to I end up so. to end up around the same amount of wins. And and, and, and also, also, it
1: really it would really help if they didn't do didn't do that again, because I because people are already saying like, oh that's that's cool that Shay is playing well, they're just gonna shut him down again. You know Right, I know.
2: God, you hear if that all could, the time. It's so annoying.
1: It is. If they could just win nineteen games and Shay plays seventy five of those games, then I think you could put to rest all of that crap. You know, and I think that's part of I think that's part of why you want to wave Kemba too. Yeah. Is we don't want to get to a point where we can't trade Kemba, and then you have to rest him because what you want to play Trey man, like, okay, like just go ahead and just get rid of him. That's why I also feel like they just need to get rid of favors. Like just, I know he's got two years left, but just like buy out the two years. You're going to have to, you, you have to use that money anyways, because you have to get to the salary floor. So just just pay it out let favors go play for the heat or for somebody else and just be done with it, you know.
2: Yeah, I I'd, I'd be fine with that. That of course would uh, if all the pods would be talking about that.
1: Yeah, but who but that's that's one where it's just like who cares? Like guys guys get bought out of their contracts all the time. Yeah. All the time it happens every single year that guys do that. That they want to go somewhere else and you can't trade them. It happens every year. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Discover the latest collections from David Yurman as seen recently styled on basketball stars like Jaime Jaquez, Jalen Green, D'Angelo Russell, and others. David Yurman is a celebrated American jewelry company inspired by the beauty of art, architecture, and the natural world. The story of David Yurman begins in New York City with David, a sculptor, I just don't, for some reason, OKC just is like an easy, they're just the, it's just, they're a funny target. Because, I mean, you look at a team that, like, really tanked, like, really, really tanked, and don't have to pay the price for it at all, as the Golden State Warriors. Like, think about the amount of lottery picks that are on that roster right now. And some of them came from tanking. Like, they, the Warriors didn't go to the bubble because they were the worst team in the NBA that year. And they had some injuries, but you think they didn't tank? You're freaking kidding yourselves. Like they tanked that year. They absolutely tanked that season. Yeah. They tanked to get Harrison Barnes. Like this is that is one of like the best tanking teams who never has to pay the price for it in the national media. Never ever do they get mentioned as a team that had to pay the price for it. It's always
2: seen as like, you know tanking is morally acceptable if you do it in this very specific scenario where like you're a good team and someone gets hurt then everyone's fine with it even though the team is actually having to accelerate like what they're doing on the court to make it worse than it would be
1: yes but how many people actually believe that shea was hurt last year i mean very few and it, and he was hurt, but when Steph got hurt, they everybody just accepted that there was no timeline whatsoever. Right? Yeah. No, and I, Shane I was hurt, but but people weren't willing to accept that the timeline was real. But with Curry, no, everybody was just like, yeah, whatever, lose a billion games. I, I think I just—it's the- just—it's—it's just. It's just, it's, it's just it's all about it's it's all about bi- it's all about the biases and like we just have to accept that like it's people like the Warriors is not anything dissimilar to the road that the Thunder have taken, right? Except for the fact that they have Steph and Draymond, and like but why do you say? Why do you think the national media?
2: jumps on OKC in a way that they don't for a team like Orlando or like Detroit because I I just never hear anyone talk about them really in a negative way. It's more just like an acceptance like this team is bad because they're supposed to be bad right now. They have Mm -hmm. a plan. They're trying to add young pieces like they never get talked about in the negative way that OKC attracts. Even though they're largely doing the same thing. Like Orlando wants to get a high pick this year in the same way they wanted to get a high pick last year. Same with the Pistons. I mean, maybe Orlando traded
1: their best players for picks at the deadline last year. Yeah. Just like the Thunder did. Is it because they're irrelevant? Because no one really cares about them in the first place? Maybe, maybe it's because. Yeah, maybe it's because they don't see a path for Orlando to like be to be a good team? I don't know. Where it's, you know, with the Thunder, they have a good player in Shea. Like people are, there are people that are noticing Josh Giddy and that he's good. Like, he's already good. He's 19 right. and he will get better yeah. and he will get stronger. Like, the, people are noticing that. And, I mean, really honestly, if the Thunder hit in the draft, these next two drafts, if they hit on one, Like, they're going to be good. Or if they hit on both, like, that's a really good team. And why, why would it be bad for a small market to want that? Like, why would that be bad? Like The alternative path is what? They use their picks to trade for players that are just okay, get them to 31 wins, the Thunder are picking ninth in the draft. They don't get good players. They find themselves in the middle. Like That's the literal, that's the alternative path is that they maybe overpay for a free agent, make a couple trades, get some role players. Oh, look, the Thunder look competent. That's great. 32 wins. That is, that is where you just don't want to be at all. Eventually, the Thunder will win around 32 games, but hopefully it's in two years. And not this year or next year. You're asking for, they're not asking for competence. What they're asking for is incompetence. The incompetent, bad teams win 32 games. That's what happens. And that's a problem. That's an absolute problem that national media and people around the league would prefer the Thunder be there. Because that is the place where you don't want to be at all. That's getting caught in the middle. Picking ninth, tenth in the draft every year. The Kings have missed the playoffs for 16 years. Sixteen. Because they have picked, they've either picked the wrong guys at the top or they're picking eighth or ninth every year. That's how you get caught in the middle is you pick the wrong guys at the top because you're incompetent. And then you're picking eighth or ninth, where you don't get impact players. It is hard to pick an impact player at that spot. It is really, really difficult. So when the national media is saying this is such a disaster, they're saying, one, OKC doesn't have the same options that a team like Golden State does. Golden State had Kevin Durant walk through the door because they were in San Francisco. Nobody's walking through this door in OKC. We've got a nice lake. I like going there. To take my wife on a date. But that's not their Lake Hefner. It's nice. That you know, Mm. you got the nice sunset. See, even Alex, who doesn't live here, is just like Lake Hefner Mm. is not that great. Exactly. This is the response. Mm. Okay. Mm. No one's walking through the door here in OKC. So if the if the Thunder want to get elite talent again, then they have to build through the draft. There is no other way. You look at the odds, and I tweeted these odds out earlier last week. You look at the odds of getting a player that is a difference maker, like a legit difference maker. I mean, still the odds if you're picking in the top five is like 36% that you get. If you're picking in the top five, the odds that you get an elite player is 36%. It's not good odds. But the odds of trading for and keeping an elite player for more than two seasons, like it's like nothing. Nothing. You saw what happened with Paul George. And the team wasn't horrible. They made the playoffs. But they weren't good enough. And he wanted out. He wanted gone. You can't keep those guys. And then free agency, if you're a small market and you've wanted an elite player over the past you know, 15 years, 99% chance you're not getting them. 99. So would you want to take your risk on either one of those where the odds of of that happening is like 6%? Like get out of here, get out of here. Give me the thirty-six percent chance. Give me the top five pick, which means you have to be bad. Like there should be, like there's got to be some kind of understanding for a lot of people with this. This is, I mean, it's 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 insanity. Well, and I think, I think where
2: the the real argument is, um, and, and which I agree with, is people are worried about another process, Sixers. Like they did not like that because that was. That was much different from what the Thunder are doing, as as we discussed earlier. And
1: but I would just, I would just say, go look at the rosters.
2: No, I know, but you lose by thirty to Houston, and people start having dream, you know, memories of Process Sixers in their brain. The same or-
1: people that would say that one game doesn't matter will use that game to say that every, that it all matters.
2: Which well, is just, yeah, it's, but, it's
1: hypocrisy.
2: Well, if that game happens in like February, like who cares? But it's the second game of the season. And it's, yeah. and with everything that happened in the offseason, like I get why Zach Lowe is suddenly thinking of not the nine and 73 record after he sees us lose by 30 points. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what people are worried about because that was anti competitive in like a way that even I am uncomfortable with, or or at least like I don't want to celebrate it. Like I, yeah, but- I'm super pro tank. They just pro-tank. shot
1: the ball so poorly. They just shot the ball so no, so poorly. To the I, point where like I asked Kenrich about it after the game and Kenrich you like dropped the we we human line on me, which is like <laughs> it's like just like leave us alone, <laughs> you know. Yeah.
2: Like I I am super pro tank. You know that. I Yeah, I know. I believe in the logic. I believe in the numbers. I still don't I'm still not on board with celebrating it. Like, I I don't like that I have to watch a team that has to go through this. Like, I don't enjoy that my team has been forced into a position where the smart move is to actively be bad for multiple seasons. Like, that isn't cool to me. Even though, again, I understand all the underlying logic and I believe in it. And I know that this is our best chance to get back to championship contention. But, like, that's why I don't enjoy posting, like, tank gifts Because it's like... I don't I don't want to be like this to be my identity like I want to enjoy watching my team and root for these guys getting better first and just know that it's going to lead to losses in the end which I do feel that way last year or this year in a way that I didn't last year last year it was like oh man we're actually gonna have to do something to if we're gonna get in any position to get a top pick. Whereas this year, I'm not even, like worried about the tank. Like it's like completely yeah. out of my mind because I've seen how this team is playing. Like they're going to be bad. But yeah. I guess it's 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 the celebration aspect of the tanking that I still don't feel good about. And I understand yeah. wh- wh- why people like you know it's wh- what else are you going <laughs> to get excited
1: about? I think it's more just like supporting the idea, supporting the the plan rather than like straight up celebrating you know like this is like just there are still a lot of people that don't understand the plan that are thunder fans right don't get it because it hasn't been presented to them in the right way and the thought of like relocation like we i think it was it was after the houston game that people were People were all up in arms after the game. Like people are, I had multiple relocation tweets. Like, oh, they're just going to leave, right? And like the argument against that is like five seconds. (laughs) You know, yeah. One, like teams don't relocate. Like it just doesn't happen. Like the Kings would be would have been gone years ago. Instead, they got a new building. Does everybody know that the Kings got a new building? They haven't been in the playoffs for forever. There are teenagers walking around this earth that have never seen the Kings in the playoffs. It's never happened in their lifetime. And they got it. Not only are they not leaving Sacramento, they got a new building. Okay. So don't think that the Thunder for missing the playoffs for two years in a row. That's it. It's only, this will only be the second time they've missed the playoffs in a row. And in what over a decade that they've missed twice in a row. You think they're going to be relocated because they missed the playoffs twice in a row? Get a grip. And also, the Thunder are making money. That's like the other, that's like the real big thing is that people see empty seats and they think, wow, the Thunder aren't making any money now. The Thunder will make more money this year than they have in a very, very long time because of the luxury tax dollars that they'll receive and because they're not paying the most, most of the money from NBA teams that goes out is salary. And the Thunder do not have a lot of salary to pay out compared to other teams. And they will make money for those reasons. So like, and Jim they, and they I, have
2: a, they'll make a pretty penny from down to dunk night.
1: They're going to make some money on November 15th from us. <laughs> they're going to make in the actually in the that hundreds might, of dollars. That could,
2: that could be a huge expense. Cause uh, you heard, you know, you've been talking about the thunder grab bags. If someone makes a half court show, <laughs>
1: Yeah, who knows? It could be gold bars in there. I don't know.
2: It could be. (laughs) Well, I I think after tonight, because I was actually looking at the point differential, because I feel like that's more accurate uh, in terms of how teams are doing. OKC's last, negative 18.5 or minus 18.5. But Orlando's right there, minus 15.5. They play Charlotte tonight. Detroit is right there at minus 13. I I would bet after tonight, because I'm expecting a big game against these Lakers, who I do not think are good. I, I, I would bet we're not last in point differential after tonight. Okay. I think it's going to be I'm, a close competitive game.
1: Yeah, could, I hope so.
2: Could likely be a win. In fact, 51-49, I'm picking the wow. Thunder tonight.
1: I kind of feel that way, too. It kind of feels that way. I was talking to some people. I was talking to Nick Gallo and some other people about it, and it just feels like it's it's here. And even she- she- some I think it was Christo Saltas that asked Shay after the game – it's just a funny question to ask a player. Cause I mean, like you're thinking like, there's a lot of things you think, but there's most things that you're just like not going to ask players. But someone right. asks like, how close do you think you are to your first win? <laughs> is what he asked oh, him. Man. Which is just kind of a funny question to ask a player after a game. Yeah. And Shay just like smiled and, and looked over at like where the zoom screen is in the interview room and just said, we're real close. <laughs> so <laughs> if that's any, ind- any indicator as to how close they are, um, I I think they could very well win tonight. And that's, you know, if you win one out of five games, great. You still yeah. really stink. That's
2: sub 20 wins. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's what I was thinking about last night. Like, even if you win one out of four, that's 20 wins, like 20 and a half wins for the season. Yeah. Like that. Yeah, that's fine. I, I don't. Is, if they win tonight, you know what? Normal bad. Normal bad. And that's all I'm asking for. Normal yeah. bad. The Pistons were terrible they had the worst record in the league last year no one once had any conversation about the Pistons because it was just they were just the same the entire season
1: yeah they're they competitive bad yeah competitive bad is good uh all right I think I'm done ranting today uh Hope you guys enjoy the game tonight. Thanks for so much for listening to the pod. Be sure to retweet the show, share it with friends.
2: And <laughs> hey, do you see what Hoopstock sixty nine said? He said Andrew laughing about someone <laughs> asking a
1: weird question when he asked Singler to justify his existence. Oh, I didn't ask him to justify his existence, Hoops Talk. <laughs> Hoopstock. Hoopstock, Hoopsock is a needler, man. He's been he's needled you in the past. He's needling me now. He's just trying to get at us. You, know, you,
2: you try to get under our skin, Andrew.
1: I say, Oops stock, man? You can just take it easy, bro. It's okay. It's okay. I can laugh. It's okay to laugh in life. Just let me laugh, bro. Just let me laugh a little bit. All right. Uh, talk to you guys again on Friday, where I guess we're talking chips. We'll be talking about chips on Friday.
2: Ugh, Best uh, chips. Yeah. Ugh, I can't believe Taylor. Disgusting.
1: Taylor's, Taylor's, He's a freedom man. Yeah, oh, cool. just, just get ready for that. All right. You guys have a great day.